And I wanted to conclude the show with, with Eric's discussion associated with crediting, but particularly uh, your recent interaction with Larry Yeager and the discourse associated with crediting and Polyworld. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, Tom, Darwin at Home, of course, is a, is a motion evolver. It's a race program. We've got a... Uh We've got a race now in Critterding, and I was thinking if we could put uh, if we could put off off-screen races at the initial stages of a of an eco sim run in Critterding, so that we uh, only insert critters that move at a certain speed, it might increase the the interest of the of the open opening game somewhat. I don't know if that's uh, something like what you were thinking about. These things used to used to have discrete movement instructions and now uh of course they have to learn to move in the world's physics so it's uh like they have to play a tape certainly but in terms of your communication with larry yeager and i mean we tried to get him on last uh last boat alive he couldn't yeah, make it but you had some communication afterwards about crediting what 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 has that discussion yielded we weren't able to get it compiled on darwin unfortunately and there's a windows version now we just over the last few days we got about 500 downloads from three threads on 4chan it was pretty exciting people really thought it was interesting um i think it's very interesting critterding i think is ahead of its time like uh, software from from the 20 teens i think and uh, as cpus and gpus become more powerful the uh the outcome of that kind of program will uh more and more impressive in less and less time. You can watch your cycles go to a truly novel process with that software. It's uh, it's quite compelling. We have a lot of new users now. I think uh, I think anyone with an A Life app should be uh, telling everyone. Everyone. Yes, I mean it's spoken like a true artificial life hobbyist, Eric. But I think the interesting thing is how do we? This is the the publicity component of the show. Do you, I mean, do you agree with me that the way is to kind of construct demographics to go through it through kind of thinking of getting new users almost like an artificial life simulation that you have to optimize for? Or do you think it's just a matter of putting it out there and people will come? Yeah, you know, if you have minimal documentation just so that the, uh, just so that the, the settings are visible and people can uh, get an idea of what level of customization they can have how far the model goes they can uh they can visualize possibilities then and uh drawn in by their own imagination in terms of your own interest in crediting i mean you you came to it as someone who was interested in artificial life who had a background looking at a number of, of different simulations what particularly captivated you about crediting and do you think it's something that other artificial life developers could could put out in their own projects to get folks such as yourself involved I thought it was a, a good project. I can't run Polyworld, and uh, Achilles was kind of a follow-up to Polyworld with memory leaks. Apparently, those creatures had vision as well and uh, the ability to change their color, so they could have started to communicate, but they never did. Critterding is something that came after Achilles. is still in development and very much in the same philosophy, especially initially when it was cubes adhered to a two-dimensional grid, but now with the addition of physics, it can... Uh, be used for hill climbing. I would like to see water in there because it's a superlative locomotion evolver. We see a locomotion evolve long before we see the neural nets start to encode the, the game rules of the place. So 
And this is the point really I was making with regards to procedural movement is that there is something that's sub-intelligent that fundamentally is, is reactive and allows for survival in changing environments. And I, I agree with you. I think artificial life simulations need to include at least two different kind of qualities of surface, one being on the easiest level, you know, something that is solid and one being something that is water-like or aqueous. I mean, I think this is... Yes, I would like to see that aquatic life and beach life and transitional forms, amphibians. It would be amazing. So, I mean, you're, you're really echoing both parts of, of tonight's show in terms of both the procedural movement component and also the, the publicity. Is, is artificial life, you know, people who are starting a simulation... If they're looking at creating websites, if they're looking at getting folks such as yourself involved, do you think a simple SourceForge site is all you need? You've talked a little bit about IRC chat as well and this kind of interaction that you got with the crediting community. Can you talk a little bit about that and how important it is for you as a, as a high-level advanced user? Yeah, IRC, you know, is very good for a software community. You can uh, do a lot of rapid troubleshooting and that sort of thing over IRC. I certainly encourage everyone who uses Critterding to come to Pound Critterding on irc.freenode.net. It's a uh, it's a good thing. I'm I'm on the Darwin at Home mailing list and a, uh, a web forum for Ken Stoffer's Evolve 4.0. But IRC, I think, is the best. I haven't heard from Ken Stoffer recently. How how is that project going? It's okay. There hasn't been a new Evolve in a while. I guess over a year, but. Uh, it's pretty good. Lots of people are submitting species to this forum and things like that. Terrific. But as, as you describe it, I mean, the immediacy of IRC, particularly with regards to technical troubleshooting, I mean, when, I, when Pedro was an active developer on Noble 8, we used chat clients frequently to go through code and just give code explanations and also, as you say, with regards to debugging and possible assistance. So, I mean, I've got to concur with that. But also, Gerald, you talk about... Darwin at Home originally having a chat client, was this something that you would get kind of user developer feedback from as well? Oh, well, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was real time as well. It was, uh, it was a very small group of people at the time, but, um, but it was really useful to uh, you know, have a collective experience in the game and then afterwards uh, do a post-mortem and, and figure out what, you know, how, how it went and, and try and find some improvements. Definitely uh, something that I'm going to be including again in the online version I'm building now. The, uh, the, the couple times you've mentioned land and water, and I was able to uh, get that uh, functioning this week on uh, on the, the Darwin at Home developing uh, sort of spherical universe. And I've got land and water. Uh, uh, the the creatures actually it's it's really funny if you in my test program I'm dropping them, and sometimes I drop them on the coastline, and you can tell that they're. Uh, the one end bounces off the uh, the land, and, and the whole thing ends up in the water. So it looks quite realistic, despite the fact that it's really, really you know simplified. It still looks it has some uh, some realistic features, which are really entertaining. Terrific! And I'd like to encourage you to put out a YouTube clip, if if you can do it, of, of the environment. I'd be interested to see that, and I think a number of BioLive listeners would also be interested in seeing this uh, this preliminary environment change for Darwin at home. It sounds very exciting. Yeah, I hope uh, maybe maybe if uh, YouTube would uh, as soon as, as soon as it's all ready for uh, for for uh, you know public consumption. I'll say you wouldn't even give a teaser for the Biota community. Well, it's not that easy, I think, to create a, a movie from an OpenGL thing unless I'm not informed. 
Can't you just do screen? I mean, the way I do it with no blame, part of it is, is OpenGL is just take a screen capture program and run the screen capture program over the top. It doesn't produce a perfect, you know, frame for frame, but at least it gives some overview of the environment. I thought of doing mm-hmm. that for, to make some critterding movies. Well, I'd encourage both of you to do it. I mean, I'm doing it sporadically with regards to Noble Ape, putting it on YouTube and occasionally through uh, the Ape Reality podcast, but I certainly get a lot of positive feedback associated with doing that. And I mean, Gerald, historically, you've done that with Darwin at Home and gotten amazing feedback, including the Boing Boing link through from that. Well, I'm definitely intent upon doing it. I mean, one of the things that I hope to build into Darwin at Home sort of standard is the the ability to generate these movies. So I'm I'm probably going to be able to, you know, once it gets rolling a little bit, I'll be able to uh, publish, uh, you know, large numbers of them. I've already got the whole um, script generation process working. So uh, I have one uh, program I play around with sometimes uh, where I've, uh, you know, I've just created a record button so I can just say record and then it uh, records scripts and then I uh, render them as images and uh, turn the image sequences into a movie. It's it's become a very easy process so eventually I'll be doing a lot of them. Terrific. And Dick Gordon in the chat is asking about crediting uh, in terms of the spelling. It's C-R-I-T-T-E-R-D-I-N-G. And for folks interested, check out the show notes on biota.org slash podcast from the last show for links through to, to all these sites, including crediting. So, Eric, we're, we're rounding up the show. We've got a little bit over time, but I'd like to thank you for participating. Gerald, do you, are, you going to, uh, are you going to Canada in any time in the near future? No, my next uh, trip is actually uh, at Christmas. Um, between Christmas and New Year's, I'm going to New York City, and I'm actually going to meet the, uh, the originator of Tensegrity, Ken Nelson. Wow. There is an artificial life community in, in New York City, so I'd encourage you to uh, to look on the Biota Community site on Facebook and see other folks who are interested in New York. I certainly have quite a, uh, quite a number of correspondents in the New York area who I'm sure would, uh, would be really interested in getting together with you for, uh, for uh, a pint or a coffee or something equivalent to discuss uh, Darwin at home and their own particular project. So, I mean, if you're in the New York area... Um, Please announce it on a Biota Live in the future, and I'm sure we can bring bring more folks together. Uh, but Eric, I mean, we talked last uh, last Biota Live about Biota Five, and I think it's a something which is not it's coming up in I guess a year and a bit's time. But uh, Dick Gordon is just about to start. Well, actually, at the end of October, he and uh, Natalie and I'm not sure whether the dogs are coming too, but they are travelling on a a road trip going down to Bruce Damer's farm, spending a a month on Bruce Damer's farm and then travelling south to spend a, a month with William R. Buckley as well. But the hope is that Steve Grant will come over from Flagstaff, Arizona, and we'll have a, a mini-meeting here in Las Vegas sometime over that period. I'm not sure whether it'll be November or December, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to meeting Steve Grant. I've, I've never met Steve Grant. We've had, obviously, extensive correspondence and extensive communication on both live and other other such forums, so it'll be wonderful having potentially Bruce Damer as well, Dick Gordon and Steve Grand all together here in Vegas, and certainly uh, Biota podcasts will be recorded and potentially even some video too. So I think no matter where we go, uh, we can find artificial life and like-minded folk, and I certainly would encourage people who travel, and I've done this uh, progressively through the community, if you're going to a particular area, please get in contact with me, tom at noble8.com, and I can put you in contact with at least... uh, 
a couple if not a dozen other folk who are artificial life interested or are developing projects actively because the community extends the world over. So I'd like to thank you both for, uh, for participating this evening. Gerald, do you think we've covered the two topics? Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, I mean, we, what we could use is somebody who, uh, who can give us the reality of, of, you know, procedural in the context of sport or something. That would be cool. Well, yes. I mean, I think uh, certainly having, having Jeffrey on, I mean, whilst Jeffrey didn't work on Spore, he worked in games companies prior to Spore and was certainly the kind of founding father associated with the kind of procedural movement that I'm uh, discussing primarily and also some of the stuff that I'm uh, developing in Noble Lake currently. So it would have been wonderful to have, uh, to have Jeffrey on to, to talk to that very point. But uh, next, Bio Live, October 16th at 8pm Pacific. I know Gerald has been waiting for this for a number of years. We will have on Tom Ray, and he will be discussing 20 years of Tierra and a wide variety of other subjects. Gerald, I mean, if you can't make the show, what question would you want to ask Tom Ray? Yeah, I'll make the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's a promise, I guess. And Eric, I mean, in terms of your viewing of Tierra, what, what, what kind of question would you want to ask Tom Ray? I've used Davida an awful lot. I don't know. I don't know what I would ask though at this point. And the interesting thing with Tom Ray is he vends very, very well into the kind of leery consciousness, kind of. Uh, I don't even know what it's called now in terms of that kind of broader element. He certainly is an active speaker in a number of these consciousness forums, salons, and, and conferences. I would want to get him. I would want to put him on the spot and get him trying to talk about the future. I, I think that's going to be a large part of what we do. Uh, because, I mean, obviously, Tom Ray has been very active in the academic component of the artificial life community up until the present day as well. And he probably has some amazing insights in terms of the way that will turn for the future. But speaking on that as well, we will have Mark Badeau on October 30th, 8 p.m. Pacific, Continuing the discussion when he was last on, but also really talking about what's happening currently with regards to artificial life industry, what's happening with artificial life in academia, how can the International Society of Artificial Life get involved with academia and industry, and really what is an almost kind of bleak prognosis associated with artificial life and industry, how that can be turned around and what Mark Bedeau's particular thinking is, because I've seen some stuff coming from Mark recently that predicts things very rosy in 10 years' time, but I'm interested really in two four and six years' time with regards to the artificial life community. And my hope also is to have Justin Lyon on sometime. Um, and next weekend in particular, I may record a, an informal bio live or two. I will certainly announce that through the Biota Conversations mailing list. I would encourage people who listen to Biota Live to join the Biota Conversations mailing list because you get to have a wide variety of discussions on a wide variety of topics that we don't even touch on in Biota Live. So thanks to folks for listening in, and thanks to Gerald and Eric for participating this evening. Thanks, Tom.